We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? up welcome to the uncontested podcast we're part of the blue wire podcast network the official podcast of boomtownhoops.com i am your host for the evening jacob niffin i've got taylor peterson along with me tonight Woo, man what a day i can't wait to dive into uh, tim duncan deciding to step down from the uh, assistant coach position with san antonio and the lakers not allowing fans in the stadium when the season resumes Really big NBA news day. We're not even going to touch on the fact that the NBA is trying to have fans in the stands tonight because that's how much <laughs> news we have to get through. Joining us, special guest. You've already heard his voice once on this podcast in the first minute and 40 seconds. We have Jacob Silver. Silva. Silver. Silver. Jacob Silver. <laughs> Jacob Silva, sports editor of the Vista and uh, from, from up at UCO. Uh, you know him on Twitter. Jacob, how's it going, man? Man, it's going great. Thanks for having me on, guys. We it's a, are stoked. A fun day to, to have, have you on. Yeah. <laughs> what an exciting it's, day for the NBA. It's boy. been insane, gentlemen. I just got to tell you, with all the news dropping, we're not even like nothing's allowed to even happen yet, right? Like it's not Monday. The the trade moratorium hasn't been lifted. It's not the draft, and we're already getting this news dump. All I got to say, my man Chance said it the best. Gentlemen, we are back. It has been an in. <laughs> what it do, baby? 
You gotta love the Taylor play. Man, Taylor is forever immortalized to me because he always puts his phone up to his microphone to play sounders, and then Joe Biden did that in Florida. And it's that is just, so true. It's just perfect. Oh, man. The Goodness. news dump today, guys, and well, not really today, but in the past 24 hours, just unfathomable. We got so much stuff to dig through. Goodness. We're not even going to start with our typical bullshit. We're just diving in head first. It's just time to go. Let's go. Let's Wait, start where do we with, start, Jacob? Yeah, well, let's start with <laughs> something that's near and dear to the Thunder. Uh, they finally hired a coach. After they did. what feels like forever, they hired a coach, and it was not Will Weaver. Sorry, Justin Peabody. Uh, who told us it would all it would be Will Weaver this week? He had the timing right, did not have the coach right. The Thunder hired Mark Dagnalt. Uh, for those of you who have been uh, living under a rock today and don't know anything about Mark, he got hired from Florida uh, before Billy D came to Oklahoma City. He got hired from Florida. He was a video coordinator for the Thunder. Uh, started to be the head coach of the Oklahoma City Blue for five seasons. Last season, he was an assistant on the Oklahoma City Thunder, like not the blue, but the Thunder, and then gets the ultimate promotion today from assistant coach up to head coach. He is the first coach in NBA history to kind of follow this farm path going from that team's G League to that team's parent league head coach. Um, And Taylor, you have a little bit of stuff on when Presti actually met and recruited Dagnall. So I found this really interesting. This is from none other than the ultimate Thunder insider, uh, Royce Young, obviously. But uh, I thought this was really interesting. Presley actually met Mark uh, when he was scouting Bradley Beal back in the day, back when Bradley was playing under Coach Donovan at Florida. Uh, Mark was 26 at that point, and then Presley hired him as the, and the OKC Blue uh, head coach three years later, I guess, when he was 29. So, I mean, that's crazy. So... I am about to turn 26 here in like a month and a half. God, you're and, a child. Uh, I, I am. I am. But uh, it's just like wild. Why am think. I so old? I'm <laughs> yeah. like in the, old I'm in the COVID high risk category. <laughs> Same age as the Thunder's new head coach almost. Hey, get that cardio in, Jacob. Um, like, yeah. But I found it really interesting that. You, you know, guys I, both called me during the rust news tonight while I was doing cardio. And it probably <laughs> sounded like I was fucking dying on a ventilator. Uh, <laughs> it did. I was like, are you okay? I was like, oh, he's probably like running or something. You're like, yeah, doing cardio. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought I found that really interesting that Presti uh, already kind of had a connection to the the Florida, uh, I guess, the environment that they had created. Uh, the it shows how much created. Presti valued, yeah, Billy Donovan and kind of what Florida was doing under him. Yeah, and it's it, right, and ultimately he kind of decided to go the same direction, uh, almost, I guess you could say, as he did. You know, back when he decided to part ways with um, almost that same Presley Scott Brooks and went with the Billy Donovan route. Um, now he's kind of continuing the the Florida coaching tree, I guess, or the Billy yep. Donovan coaching tree. Yeah, Billy Donovan his, has a coaching tree his now. First, his that's first cool. branch has sprouted. Yeah, the first branch. So that was pretty cool. And then something it's else. A little, I, it's a little baby tree. But yeah. Something else there. that I found really interesting. Hopefully it's is not a, a tree in Oklahoma during an ice storm. <laughs> yes, no kidding. No um, kidding. But Taylor, you mentioned you know that that Presti met Mark whenever uh, he was scouting Brad Beal. Brad Beal, uh, very high praise for the hire today. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys saw this. Was it on Snapchat? It was on maybe? an Instagram story. His Instagram, Instagram story, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mentioned yeah. Uh, one of the most like I think the biggest developmental coaches he's ever had, or something along those lines. Yeah, so which I found so, really interesting, and not just Bradley Beal showing his his praise and excitement for the hire, but the young Thunder um, players and Lou Dort and Darius Baisley also showed uh, some excitement on Twitter. According and to media. 
yeah, according to the press conference today, uh, Chris Paul also very congratulatory True. True. Uh, whenever Mark texted the team today and said, hey, I'm your boss now. Now one, Get over in, here. One last interesting note I kind of want to bring up to you guys is uh, Col- Nick Collison and Nazi Muhammad were both active parts of the hiring process, also per, per Royce. Uh, but what I also found interesting is there was an article, and I can't remember whose it actually was, but Nick, our, our own Nick, linked it to our Slack earlier. Um, it looks like Mark was also a part of this process as well th- throughout some of the candidates uh, that came through, and ultimately oh. he was the one who got the job. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, but nevertheless, thought it was cool that we have former Thunder players who kind of were able to bridge the gap between current Thunder players and what they were looking for and um, – and, and what the Thunder should be looking for from that perspective for a head coach, particularly as they de- kind of transition into this developmental role. So I think that's kind of the next thing we really touch on is is what is uh, what is uh, Dagnall going to bring to this team, particularly as they kind of transition to this new phase of Thunder basketball? It's really yeah. difficult to say. Sorry, go ahead, Silva. Yeah, no, I think it's it's obviously it's wonderful to see all these all these players in the nba like supporting the coach that we just hired i feel like you don't see that super often true. especially in a, in a place like okc Very and with true. a guy so young um so I, I love seeing that i love that he's a development a developmental specialist um of course that's what that's what we're going to be doing for the next two to three years um my question what is he going to do after the development is done is this a guy that you think they foresee taking a taking taking the leap into playoff contention again yeah, I think that's a good question. Per- personally, I think like this hire is kind of. I think the Thunder are trying to do the same thing with their coach as, as they do they with their players. That was the point players. I was going to make. Yep, development, growth, maturity. Right, mm-hmm. they're trying to do it with Baisley, with Dort, with Shea, with the ten million draft picks they have coming up. I think they want Dagnall to be their long term coach to grow as time goes on. I mean, they've been grooming this guy since the word go. He was a video coordinator. Right. He he head coached in the G League. They let him cut his teeth. They brought him up to the big boy squad, let him work with the players they have on the squad now, and now he's taking that next step. He's been growing as a coach, and he has a lot of room to grow, and I think they plan for, you know, he's not going to be perfect. He's going to have tons of hiccups. He's going to make the wrong substitution. He's going to call the wrong play. He's going to call a timeout at the wrong time. Those things are going to happen, but I think the Thunder want that that struggle and that growth to happen growth. with him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tweeted this part. earlier today. He's young, really young, 35. He's as old as Chris Paul. Wow. He is young. He probably pretty cheap. He's a developmental guy. He's somebody that the organization is familiar with. He, he checks all the boxes that you would want checked for a team that is about to embark on a rebuild. And so we've, we've been talking all along about how the Thunder are going to rebuild. Does hiring Mark Dagnall really like send up the bat signal for that? I think it does. I, I, think, it, I think it says, hey, we're, we're in a new, we are continuing our transition. Obviously, there's some moves that may happen in the next week or so with, with the draft coming up. But I think this is the next logical step into, into that transition. I'm with you guys. And Jacob, one, you mentioned the point that I wanted to bring up as well. And uh, this is kind of reinforced with a quote that Presti had when they did the virtual press conference today, introducing Mark as the new head coach of the OKC Thunder. Um, and one thing that Presti mentioned, I do not have the direct quote, but something along the lines of how important uh, the development in the G League is. And he's referring to like overall, not just players, but for an organization. 
I mean, shoot, we've seen that as a podcast where Jacob uh, was unable to, we were unable to get credentialed um, <laughs> to cover OKC Thunder practices or games. Instead, they wanted us to start with OKC Blue and work our way up. I'm the where, next Mark Dagnall, guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's what I'm hearing. That's the connection I'm trying to make here. Uh, but I just use that as an example because that's absolutely the way that Pressy views this and it's certainly a long-term aspect. But to your point, Silva, I think he is going to find or him being Presty. Sorry, um, his next Spolstra, Spolstra his next um, Nick Nurse, Stevens, Nick Nurse. Yeah, right? and Stevens maybe is a bad example because he came directly from college. It was almost like a Billy Donovan situation, where I think this is more like a Nick Nurse, uh, Eric Spolstra kind of situation. That's a great comp, really, Taylor. That's a great comp. So yeah, I. Um, I absolutely think it's going to be a really good coaching hire early on. Um, again, we aren't going, going to be worried about playoff rotations the next couple, three, four even seasons, mm-hmm. um, as much as we are development and growth and kind of the connections he makes with players, which is something that he had in his uh, his introductory press conference today that really impressed me. He had a couple different quotes. You know, uh, He's very young, but one thing he mentioned in his experience that he's gotten already for being so young, which I find really impressive, um, but one of those things that he's learned is he was like, you know, early on, he always heard you, you need to fit in with the players. You've got to try and be the young, cool guy. You got to listen to the music they like. You got to talk the language they talk. He's like, but as time went on, he realized you just need to be yourself. And if you do that, your players are going to respect you more. They're going to love you more. They're going to open up to you more. And most importantly, they're going to be themselves as well, which I was listening to the OKC Dream Team earlier, and they just joked. They're like, they're not, they respected it, but then kind of joked around how that's the most presty OKC thing ever. And as soon as, uh, as soon as Dagnall probably dropped that in an interview, they probably hired him on the spot, which is funny. <laughs> but nevertheless, I think that is really important. And uh, to your point, Jacob, I, I really think this is a, a coach that Presty sees being able to grow with this team. And then it could be another good comparison here. Uh, it could be a Brett Brown situation, right, where he sets his process off, uh, but by the time you're ready to compete again and contend for championships, hopefully, maybe he isn't the right coach, and you have to go a different direction like you did in, when Scott Brooks' time was up in OKC. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it turns into a, more of a Spolster situation where he is able to grow with the team, like you said, Silva, and uh, coach them into contention again. So um, overall, I'm excited about the hire. Just another well-spoken, uh, 100% Presty hire, and uh, and no complaints. It's just it's nice to have a coach in place before the draft and with all this news coming out. Yeah, we figured this news was coming relatively soon considering that next week is going to be absolutely bonkers. They hey. probably wanted their coach in play. And he's got to fill out a staff now. Yeah. There is no lead he assistant. He mentioned that. He mentioned that today. Also, really quick, before we move on to uh, him hiring a staff and stuff, we do need to shout out somebody who sounds like Silva in our own Kamiar. God. <laughs> because he did call this here a couple weeks ago on one of the podcasts. Yeah, a week and a half like, ago. Yeah, what if, uh, what if Dagnall's already the head coach? and um, They just haven't announced it. Yeah, right. What a, what he called it on move. the spot. Bang, bang. Uh, Taylor, we have a few Twitter questions we about do. the Thunder coaching hire. Well, Why don't so you throw have, those out real quick? We have one uh, Twitter question and one uh, Discord essay from my man, Eku. I love him. He gives some great insight here. Um, but basically, he just he, he talked kind of – he kind of gave his opinions, kind of echoed what we talked about earlier. Um, but his question overall was – how this hire is a reflection of OKC and Pressy's larger development philosophy, um, just like Pressy promoted internal coaches for the vacancies last season, and how he uh, promoted internal front office members this year. Pressy continues to focus on finding unique talent and developing them for larger roles. It's almost kind of, and this isn't Eku. Now, this is me kind of elaborating on his question. 
it's almost like some of these players, right? Like we've heard uh, Presti being interested in Pokashevsky. Guys who probably aren't ready right now, but who they, he can see developing into elite talent. He's almost doing the same exact thing, like you mentioned, Jacob, with his coaches. So um, Eku's, I think, question for us is like, how do we compare that and, and, and kind of our views on that? And then something else I wanted to mention, he brought some interesting points. Mark is uh, 35, Dagnall's 35, second youngest coach in the NBA, only to Ryan Saunders, the head coach, obviously, of the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Brad Stevens, who we view as still pretty young, right? Pretty young in the league. Stevens was older when he was hired by the Celtics. So uh, maybe one wow. of the most youngest head coaching hires in the NBA history. I'll have to do some research on that, but I found that interesting. So all that to say, Echo basically is wondering um, our thoughts, and kind of like we talked about already, um, how this coaching process is almost similar to prestige scouting and player evaluation i really like that kind of alignment from a franchise like whenever you talk about whenever you hear like national nba writers talk about like the heat you always hear about heat culture and all these players coming out of the g league or free agency and like transforming their game and getting in excellent shape and you don't have to worry about them Uh, I, i feel like okc is trying to do something similar to that in that you have a culture that even if you pick up a player that is a quote unquote project or a a prospect that they end up being what OKC wants them to be. And and that is a, a smart, high IQ player uh, that succeeds in Dagnalt's system. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. They're again, they're their front office, their coaching staff, they're taking the same philosophy with those people as they are with players. Mm-hmm. Young guys that have a lot of potential, bring them in, groom them, and get them where you want them to go. I mean, maybe a, a milder uh, example is over the summer they hired uh, a a front office guy from Rivals.com who does scout work. Yep, that's a great right? point. Mm-hmm. That he goes out, he identifies talent, uh, young talent, brings them in and tries to help them grow into the franchise. He does that with players. He's doing that with the coaching staff. He's doing that with the front office. It all kind of aligns. And Silva, you mentioned the culture, and I think that's just perfect, right? The Thunder are building this culture of Oklahoma City is a place where you can come, you can grow, and you can become the best version of yourself. And we even see that. We talk about it all the time. Nerlens Noel, Ennis Cantor, Dion Waiters. You know, they're, they're even taking guys that have maybe been cast aside and allowing them to grow and become the players that they thought they could be. And so I, I think all of that kind of aligns, and it's really good. It, it, it's a really good thing. And, and to that point, and we'll get into this topic much later because it's big and it deserves its own segment, uh, but apparently Russell Westbrook also wishes that Houston had a culture similar to Oklahoma City, as we put right. by The Athletic very, very recently. We're recording yeah. this uh, 9.19 Central Standard Time currently, and I think that came out at like 9. They, uh, uh, Shams, Rania, and others kind of elaborate on that. But before we get to all that and CP3 trade rumors and so much more, one final question, and it's, it's shorter, uh, regarding the Thunder head coaching hire. Aaron Smith, my name at my at my name is a or at my name is Aaron S. Um, zero followers and uh, zero following, so maybe this is a uh, this is Sam Presti's burner. I don't know. Mm. Shout out Aaron, but he asked, "How long do you think Mark will last as head coach in OKC?" Which I do think is a fair and a uh, interesting question. Wow, uh, I I would think. I, I mean I, I assume he will last for I don't know, five plus years. Is that is that is that out of the realm of possibility here? No, like, I, I, I bet the deal. I bet the deal is a five year deal. I yeah. would not be surprised if the deal was not a five year deal. They don't want Dagnault thinking that he's coming into a flawed roster 
and already has a chance of getting fired. It's it's a longevity thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Again, I'm more is, interested is on, gonna, on what what's the money going to look like. Is he yeah, getting a million dollars a year? Cheap? I'm with you. So, yeah, I think that part's really fascinating. All right, guys, let's transition over. Mark Dagnall, I mentioned earlier, is the same age as Chris Paul, although he might not be coaching Chris Paul. Uh, late last night, about 8 or 9 o'clock, we got a, a bomb from Windhorst and Bontemps of ESPN reporting that the Thunder and the Suns have been engaged in discussions for Chris Paul. Uh, Windhorst then appeared on Judy Oler's uh, Jody, not Judy, Jody Oler's uh, Phoenix Sports Talk radio show called The Drive. Uh, Windhorse on that show said that OKC and Phoenix did not want this to leak. After Windhorse got this report, like heard about it, he reached out to both teams, and both teams were pretty upset that Brian had, had learned this and had reported it. He also said on that show that this really hinges more on Phoenix selling themselves to Chris and not Phoenix selling themselves to OKC, like not negotiating a, a, you know, we want this pick, well, we want that pick, well, blah, 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 blah. It's more of Phoenix convincing Chris they're a good spot for him. Apparently, Chris is interested. Uh, Devin Booker reportedly is aware of this trade trade idea, and he he likes it. He wants Um, it done is kind of what uh, Brian was saying. Yeah, and Brian also said that he thinks there's a better than a 50-50 chance at this happening. Um, One note real quick. Chris Paul, president of the National Basketball Basketball Players Association, he's the president of that association, he's been busy negotiating and trying to get the league back uh, for the December 22nd start and all the, the things that go into that. He's just now getting time to really focus on him so maybe there, there's a correlation there with when this leaked and, and when the information came out. Thoughts on Chris Paul to Phoenix? So that's actually the first thing I wanted to mention, Jacob, um, because I found it really interesting when, uh, when Brian mentioned that both OKC and Phoenix, both sides were upset with it being leaked. Because after reading it initially, I was shocked because there's comments made there like, um, you know, the Thunder have made clear to other teams that they are fine or are very interested in keeping CP3 for another season. Uh, no deal is imminent. There are many different like little Easter eggs in there like that. They made it very clear that those little segments or little Easter eggs um, were from the OKC side. So reading that last night without any context, I was pretty certain. I was like, oh my gosh, Sam Presti or at least somebody on the Thunder side leaked a story to try and gain leverage for a Chris Paul trade for maybe the first... You know, the first time ever, uh, for, you know, they aren't known to usually leak stuff for leverage. You know, it's always close to the vest. Uh, the mm-hmm. Paul George one being the most infamous, most recent, and, um, you know, the one that everybody thinks of. But then he came out on this radio show today and said this. And so I started thinking, and I was like, well, then who would it be that wouldn't want it to leak? Or, sorry, who, who would want it to leak? And I was like, oh, well, there's a certain somebody who is uh, really close friends with LeBron James and his agent, Rich Paul, who has a really good relationship with Windhorse. Um, and his name's Chris Paul. <laughs> um, and and so I, it makes me wonder, did Chris leak this on purpose? Is he, you know, and then he, then Brian goes in to talk about how Phoenix is going to need to sell Chris Paul. Not so much Phoenix is going to need to sell OKC. Kind of like the Gallinari-Miami Heat situation, uh, the potential trade at the trade deadline this past season. 
And so all that makes me think that, like, you know, Chris Paul's considering it, but maybe he leaks that hoping a team that he wants to go to, like the maybe, who knows, the Knicks, as it's been previously reported, uh, the Lakers, shoot, maybe even the Clippers. There's a report later on after this report came out that uh, Kawhi Leonard has been reaching out to, to Chris Paul trying to facilitate a trade for yeah, him to go, uh, to, which it can't real, happen. Qu- real quick, just on that, I, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. That report, Kawhi Leonard has reached out trying to get Chris Paul to, to get a trade to the Clippers. I can reach out and see if Gal Gadot wants to pipe too. <laughs> <laughs> you might get blocked. Uh, no maybe way in hell it's gonna. Yeah, no, uh, no way in hell it's gonna happen. What do the Clippers have? We own all their picks. Exactly. Yeah, they have nothing. What, what are you they gonna have... do? Sign and trade Montrez Harrell for forty million dollars? Get the hell out of here. Yeah. So that's my point. That's the thing that I found the most me interesting right, about this. It's like, oh, it, that's the thing that's most. And you're exactly right um, on that. And that's a, honestly like just another of the multitude of different directions we can take this conversation. But the one that stood out the most to me was that OKC wasn't actually really who leaked this. It was probably Chris Paul's camp. And, and then from there, OKC was like, okay, well, you have the information now. We get you're going to go ahead and report it. So please put this, this, and this in there, right? And that's why it kind of seemed originally as if OKC had leaked it trying to gain leverage. So I'm super curious how that's going to impact negotiations. And see, to me, a lot of people always say, like, if it leaks, it means it's not going to happen with the Thunder. This one seems a little different to me. It seems like they're pretty far along in the process if they're if the Thunder are letting Chris Paul talk to Phoenix. That's been reported. Chris Paul has been granted permission to talk to the Phoenix Suns. If it's at that point, we're pretty far down the line. It's not a, hey, Phoenix calls up and says, hey, we're kind of interested in Chris Paul. Um, we might want to make a trade. Can we talk to him? I don't right. think that's happening. I think there's been negotiations. Hey, we want Chris. We want to make a jump in the in the Western Conference and try to get into the playoffs. We'd be willing to part with these assets. And there's been some dialogue to the point where Presti said, "Okay, I'm going to allow Chris to to you know it, it's considered tampering for a player to talk to another team." So he said, "I'm I'm going going to okay uh, that conversation, and you guys and Chris can talk." Um, because we're progressing towards a deal. To me, the fact that Chris is allowed to talk to Phoenix and, and Presti's given him that permission tells me that we're not on the first rung of the ladder. We're, we're pretty right. far out there. Now, one thing, and Silva, and I want to get your input on this as well, but uh, one thing that just, that just made me think of um, that I wanted to mention, Jacob, is um, Windhorst also said, I think Chris Paul is interested in being a Phoenix son. And then he kind of yeah. paused and said, and that is not a minor statement. No. So there definitely I, seems to be some traction there. Like you said, this isn't just like, hey, Chris, you want to come play with Devin Booker? And be our po-? You know, it's very much like, okay, we're getting close here. Are you going to yeah, commit or not? If I was Chris Paul, I would look at the Phoenix Suns and be like, I can make the playoffs, especially, and not to dip my toes in a future segment, but if I were to look at, at what's going on in Houston, um, I would look at OKC falling out of the playoffs. I see a spot there for the, for for Phoenix, maybe a five, six, seven seed, something like that. Like that would be a pretty solid roster. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly. That's the thing is like you basically upgrade Ricky Rubio on that team who routed off eight straight. And right. the interesting thing to me too is everybody's talking about uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. needs to be included in Ricky Rubio. Yes, maybe, but. I, there's also ways not to do this. Now, one other thing I wanted to bring up to you guys as well. I've listened to two podcasts since all this news dropped, um, and I, I'm trying to think. One was Nate Duncan on a guessing on a Ringer podcast. Oh, and the other one was this podcast, we, or sorry, radio show that we just mentioned, and it was Brian Windhorse again who mentioned this. One option the Phoenix Suns have 
is to, to delay this trade, to agree to it in principle, and then use, you know, wait until after the draft's over and free agency officially starts. Use that cap space to bring in a free agent like a, um, a Davis, Davis Bertans, who could be really good for them at the power forward position or small forward position. Use that cap space to bring them in and then uh, then trade for Chris Paul once you use that cap space rather than just absorbing CP3 into that cap space. That allows you to upgrade your team, even though you're going to be paying the luxury tax in a year you probably don't really want to do that. It might be a little more expensive. You're still able to upgrade your team a lot more than you would just trading for Chris Paul straight up and absorbing him to cap space. And then you only have like, you know, what, 10 million left, 5 million? Yeah, whatever I, I think you still could um, make the trade under the 125% rule before free agency and still keep your cap space and renounce cap holds on everybody else. Okay, but, okay. Man, yeah, if they can get a power forward, Davis Bertans is interesting, but if you could go out and get a Jeremy Grant. That, that would be you, excellent there. Your That's starting huge. lineup is Chris, Booker, uh, Bridges, Grant, and Ayton. That's Ooh. formidable. Mm-hmm. That's e- really even good. in the blood battle. That is the the Western the Conference blood bath, bath. That is the yeah Western Conference. Yep. I think Phoenix is more comfortable moving on from Ubre because one, he's about to get paid quite a bit, sure. in my opinion, and and two, Mikel Bridges stepped up in the bubble. I think they have high Oubre hopes for him. Ubre never played in the bubble. Right, right, and they they did all that without him, and they like Cam Johnson. Yeah, they drafted last year. Too many mouths to feed. So right. that that leads us to the question then. And they'll have a, a draft pick. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what does a trade package look like? I, I'm, I'm stuck on this one, and maybe this is way too much. I don't know. But if you can do Chris Paul and pick 25 to the Suns for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre Jr., Frank Kaminsky, and his $5 million that he's definitely opting into, mm-hmm. and pick number 10. You're almost perfectly salary matching. Uh, the Suns will take on a little bit of extra cash. But then the Suns still get a pick, and the Thunder jump 15 spots. I think that is ideal. So here— and then, oh, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and then Frank Kaminsky, like, who gives a shit? Like, let just let him expire. Exactly. Cut it, cut him. I don't care. Stretch him, whatever. Yeah. And then you're not, like, as great You have as- Rubio for two years. Rubio, you could trade to another team. There's other teams right. that will trade for that contract. And then mm-hmm. Kelly Oubre Jr., like Silva just mentioned, he's an expiring contract due to get paid next season. The Thunder aren't interested in paying contract extensions or dishing out, you know, $25 million a year for Kelly Oubre Jr. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, he is 100% a trade deadline candidate to somebody who needs a push over the top and is willing to throw in that asset. I don't think the Thunder... I could be wrong, right? I don't know much. I could be wrong. But Um, I don't see Kelly Oubre being a piece for this Thunder team. I mean, shit, he was going to be the sixth man for the Phoenix Suns. The the Thunder aren't interested in trying to find a sixth man and pay him $20 million right now. The Thunder are interested in asset collection to find their next superstar. Now, I do, if you sign him that extension, he maybe becomes a little more tradable uh, to certain teams, but it's just not worth going through that hassle all over again. We already have the treasure yeah, and, chest and of draft picks like The OKC thing does. is, even if you trade him before you sign the extension, the other team gets his bird right, so they can still sign him in free agency and get right. the same sort of deal just on their terms and instead of the Thunder's terms. Right, right. So they aren't mm-hmm. going to want to agree. Yeah, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm and, there. Yeah, so, so it, Ubre is 100% a, a rerouting candidate. I mean... I was messing around last night on Periscope. Like, can you do a three-team here and just not even ever bring Ubre Jr. to Oklahoma City? You send pick 10 and Ubre Jr. 
uh, plus Stephen Adams uh, and a future pick to Golden State for pick two. Yeah. I don't know if that's enough. So that's something I want to bring up to you. There's there's two other directions rather than just a straight up trade, uh, or I guess I one involves. I think you're about, to, think you're about to hurt me, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> well, we really want that tenth pick, right? And a yes. weak draft class, uh, as well as Chris performed last season. Um, what he shows, he still has left in the tank. The way he could elevate the Phoenix team. I'm not saying I think that they shouldn't trade the tenth pick for Chris Paul with obviously other uh, uh, matching salary fillers, but. With that being said, ever since that report came out last night, there have been a lot of Phoenix reporters, whether locally or even some bigger names, that have come out and said that the Phoenix Suns do not seem interested in all, at all uh, in trading that 10th overall pick, which kind of makes sense. That seems like a lot for a player like Chris Paul, even in a draft like this. But one reason I keep thinking that maybe this, like you said, Jacob, this is further along than we thought, especially with Chris Paul talking to the Suns and all those things, is the fact that, uh, and this is something we can probably dive into later on in the podcast with Mike Schmitz and Jonathan Gavoni, uh, both reporting that Oklahoma City is one of the teams that have reached out to the Minnesota Timberwolves about the number one overall pick to draft and inquire about uh, Ball, LaMelo Ball. And they would not be able to do that, in my opinion, unless they're willing to give up some major assets uh, or some multiple picks, you know, from where they are at, what, 25th overall in the draft right now. Um, And so... You would think that they already had a potential first rounder, uh, higher first round pick that they thought that they could use to trade up to that number one. This number ten pick would be able to do that for them. So, mm-hmm. to all all that being said, I think that you probably can take away that maybe this has these talks have been going on for a while between Phoenix and OKC. Now, the other point I want to bring up as well is that the, some much less maybe uh, valid rumors <laughs> that the Clippers and the Mavericks may get involved in what would be a four-team trade, which is just almost impossible to pull off in the modern-day NBA. But you could bring in another team to you know send a Rubio, to your point, Jacob, or a Uber Jr. elsewhere. Yeah, like I'm sure the Mavericks would enjoy having Ubre, uh, yeah. uh, like next to Doncic, I'm sure they would enjoy that depth there. True, and that's kind I, th- of what I, was I think so too. as well. That's why, again, and Clippers need a backup point guard, right? May, or a may, starting mm-hmm. point guard. Oh, I think Ricky Rubio would start for that team 100. Yeah. percent He's exactly what they need. Yeah. Um, but there's just no salary matching there, you know. True. No. I mean, here, let me pull up the Clippers real quick. But I just, I don't think there's anything to salary match there to make it work. Um, what is is Ricky Rubio making? Like twenty million? That sounds right. Uh, I'm gonna, I, think oh, he's shoot, making, I don't have it pulled up either. <laughs> I mean, you could do like Patrick Beverly and Zubots, I guess. That doesn't get me too excited. Yeah, Rubio's making seventeen. He has two Seven, years left. Seventeen. Pat Will is making thirteen and a half. Or Pat, did I say Pat Will? Pat Bev. Pat Will. Pat Will. We'll get to him later, Jacob. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just I don't see how the Clippers could do that. But, again, I'm going to come back to it just because I I think it makes a little bit of sense. Could could you reroute Ubre? Pick 10. Ubre fits into that Iguodala trade exception perfectly. Steven Adams for Andrew Wiggins. So you're taking back that massive Andrew Wiggins contract, which is awful. That's an awful contract. Yeah. God, can you imagine paying Andrew Wiggins that much money? Jesus Christ. I would Christ. hate it. And then you get the second overall pick. So the Golden State Warriors get a big man to combat the Lakers with. They get Ubre, who they can start at the three for them. And then they, they're they still picking at pick 10. They're still in the lottery. 
My mind says yes, do it, but my heart would never let uh, let OKC help out the Golden State Warriors ever yeah. again. Yeah, I feel you. How many times would Draymond try to kick Steven in the penis in the locker room? During practice, yeah. 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 Just teeing off on my man. <laughs> so, lots of stuff to dissect here. Main thing is, I think the Thunder want to get higher up in this draft, guys. I think they do too. I just hope it's not... I. I hope it's not one. I'm sorry. I, I don't want them to draft with LaMelo Ball. I'm just not feeling it. There's so many I'm people in the top 10 I'd rather have them get than Ball. And I don't. I, I can see the pathway to a Golden State trade at number two. I don't see the Thunder having what the Wolves want at number one. I agree. I just don't see it. But it is no. interesting. I mean, I, I get where Presley's coming from because he's thinking, okay, this is a weak draft, but we feel like these guys still have a ton of talent for our top three, top five picks. So if I can get a discount for a top five pick – where you know a lot of teams aren't willing to take the risk um, i have the luxury of doing so due to all the picks i currently have so if i give up some of those um and get a discount on what would be a, a top one through five pick maybe this is the opportunity to do so instead of having you know to spend multiple first rounders to do so um, in the future and stronger drafts so i get where Pressy's coming from and why it would make sense to inquire about that but i kind of think those reports just may be nothing more than that, right? Like I yeah. don't know how seriously. Presley's inquiring about everything. Ex- oh yeah, exactly. And if you don't think if you don't think he is, you're you're wrong. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Russell Westbrook back to Oklahoma City. You heard it here first, <laughs> uncontested. Oh. God. Well, all right. Well, let's transition since Taylor apparently wants to do that. <laughs> the sky is burning in Houston, Texas. The sky is falling, burning, all of the above. Do we have a? Was there a Twitter question? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah from your oh, former, oh, okay. um, your former editor, I believe, uh, Jake yes. Silva. Yes, my former editor-in-chief, Jeff Elkins. Jeff Elkins, at Jeff Elkins 12, asked, with the risk involved and tanking in a small market, do you think the Thunder really clear house here or maybe just deal CP3 and maybe even like an Adams and then just call it good? With all those picks, Presley is likely to strike gold even mid-first round, so his point is you really have to tank for that. Um, and also to his point, uh, I think it was Dennis Schroeder came out today to some random sports outlet, outlet that I'd never heard of and said something along the lines of, yeah, like, you know, some agents or some uh, big teams like the Clippers and Lakers have reached out to my agents, but I love where I'm at. I love my GM, et cetera. Yeah. They're going to tank. Yeah. They're tearing this bitch <laughs> down to the studs. Yep. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. You can't control the Lakers pick or the Clippers picks. You can't control the Houston picks. You can't control the Miami picks. You can control your own picks. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to tear it down to the studs. They're going to control their own picks. They're going to tank. They're going to bottom out. And they're going to capitalize. And how many times, if I had a dollar every time I said this, I could quit my job. This is the perfect year to tank. The West is stacked. Everyone wants to make the playoffs. People aren't going to be in the stands anyways, even though the NBA says they are, because no one wants to get freaking COVID. Right. And and the, the localities of these places, Lakers already said they're not having fans in the stands. You're not going to have fans in the stands. It's a shortened season. Everyone in the West wants to win, and the 2021 class is incredible. It's the perfect year to tank. They're going to bottom out. Yep. They would be dumb not to. I agree, and I think something that is easy to forget, even if we are a bad young team where we're, where we're tanking for two to three years, there there is still excitement that we will find in the team during those years, especially if we get a guy like, this is, would be a long shot, but like a Cade Cunningham. Like Even if we suck... And have Cade yeah. Cunningham and Shea. Like, I'm still going to love watching that team. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't even have to be Cade, to your point, Jacob. Like, you, no. You get to, sorry, you get Silva. To see, we have two Jacobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you get to see development. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You get to see growth. That's going to be exciting. You get to watch the young guys. And no expectations. So you don't watch a game and then get all pissed off at night whenever they lose. 
Yeah, no post-game depression. Yeah, no post-game depression. Not for another depression. I don't need the post-game <laughs> model, Only too. exceed expectations. <laughs> Set the bar low. Okay, oh, so back to Houston, which is currently on fire, blowing up. Uh, Rockets subreddit is uh, a gold mine. <laughs> right now <laughs> yes sir it is wednesday so morning are those tim- uh, okc picks they have from oh wednesday morning tim mcmahon and Woj report from espn that russ and harden have expressed concern about the rockets immediate future quote a trade demand isn't imminent but the scenario has been uh has been a plausible eventual possibility which is a mouthful and redundant yeah shams drops the bomb tonight Quote, Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. He followed that up by saying that Harden is committed to staying in Houston and making it work. Quote, he is locked in for the season. My notes then say, what the F? Since then, since we wrote this, Shams has come out with an even bigger article. Uh, You guys want to drop some quotes from that real quick? So we have Sam Amick and uh, Kelly, how do you say his last name? I, just, I don't know, I scrolled all the way, I haven't seen it yet, okay. I go. Anyways, <laughs> some really interesting things here, basically saying that um, that Westbrook throughout the season was even upset, asking for more accountability uh, throughout the entire organization. He wants a culture like he had in Oklahoma City, and which essence, is a culture he dominated and kind of made intimidating. Yeah, which but. is interesting, exactly, he kind of took over towards the end, but early he on wants, it he wasn't wants so much that way. So in essence, one source said Westbrook would like to see something closer to the Thunder culture that he helped create. I love that quote. He helped create. During his time in OKC from 2008 to 2019 as a way of making him more comfortable. Because that's what he's used to. To your point, Jacob, that's exactly. The grass isn't always greener. Um, and I get it. I mean, it, honestly, it was the best thing to happen for OKC just because of the timing. Because I think this could be us a year later with Paul you, George. You talk about dodging a bullet. Harden. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you Not talk about dodging a bullet. I love Russ. The, and I, the I, Thunder I him, dodged. But. The Thunder dodged Kim Jong Un hitting the big red button. Is what they did. <laughs> this isn't a bullet. It's a goddamn nuke. A, exactly. Exactly. And so yeah, officially uh, earlier or later this evening, uh, Shams came out saying that Russ officially wants out. And then they dropped this article just talking about <laughs> all the displeasure within the organization. And it really, everybody's starts, mad. Everybody. There is a lot. There you is a lot to take. PJ Tucker, the undeniable glue of the team, has been irate over his contract situation all season long. You have Aaron, Eric Gordon, um, also not pleased with how his role and importance had diminished since the 2016-2017 season. There was even a confrontation later on this season. Uh, and then there was, uh, oh, House, <laughs> you know, House, yeah, oh, yeah. the one who probably doesn't have a wife anymore. Uh, <laughs> was another player See, who yeah. wasn't pleased with his usage and involvement in the offense and has verbally challenged Tony Harden and Westbrook. So, and got Austin some Rivers usage in that hotel room similar. in the bubble. Austin Rivers yeah. also in a similar situation. I'm going to go into details. You guys can go read it. All that to say that uh, it's just a mess. It's a sinking ship, to use Jeremy Grant's quote from about this. It is or, a sinking ship. I guess, ship. yeah, a little over a year ago. You ever think there's a reason why the coach and the GM willingly walked away instead of getting fired? Right. They, they knew this was coming. And even further into that article, they highlight that Westbrook routinely had to hold yes. James Harden accountable. So uh, no James way. quit going to the strip James club Harden and not drunk. accountable? Yeah. Right. Quit drinking on the on game nights like it's it's time to quit going to strip clubs. It's my man's at the titty bar too late. Literally, it says James I mean, Harden seriously. was not receptive to criticism. No yeah. way, I never would have guessed but that. But they could get along with Chris. They had some tense but needed conversations. Yeah, former teammates have also, described the culture in just Houston a as very problematic. Small tidbit that I found super interesting as a, a diehard Thunder fan following the team since the very beginning, 2017. 
2008, mm-hmm. uh, mentioned that Maury pitched the idea of Houston and their this whole system to Harden back in 2012. So uh, I think that's tampering, right? Didn't there you go? Didn't Harden can, get can traded? Can we retroactively? Didn't can Harden we retroactively get, uh, get them in trouble? No. Yeah. This is a mess. And Tim Tim McMahon and Wojers report this morning. I thought, okay, there's a little bit of uneasiness. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. But then I thought, Russ and PG were a little upset with the Thunder right before the draft last year. Very similar situation. And we didn't think it was anything. But holy shit, the lid has been blown off. Uh, Everything, all the dirty laundry is out. Apparently... They got word of some of this, and then every player just went off. Whoever the, the sourcing is here, nobody is happy. The GM has walked. The coach has walked. Uh, Tillman, what, what did Perk call him? Tillman Fertito. Fertito. <laughs> is, uh, on, honestly, he's proven to be incompetent uh, as an owner and, and cheap and maybe going to drive this franchise into the ground. What, what, what? How how should the Thunder feel about this? We own their picks, Fantastic. two of their picks and two swaps. <laughs> is this is this them bottoming out too early? Could they deal Russell Westbrook and then trade James Harden and and get tons of young players and assets and being a Thunder type model and then those picks aren't any good? Or is this just a shit show with a horrible owner that's going to continue to deteriorate? I'd lean toward I, the latter, but probably somewhere in between. Um, yeah, just because it's Fertitta, like you said, um, I, I don't trust him. My man's too busy trying to sell chicken fried steaks at Saltgrass. But if they make the right decision and do trade James Harden now, even if he doesn't necessarily want out, even if it's not to like the trade deadline, um, and you get enough return for him, then, then you kind of revitalize your franchise and give yourself a fresh start. Um, you maybe didn't get in front of it as soon as Sam Presti did, but you got in front of it just enough, and. In that case, then maybe some of those latter uh, pick swaps that OKC has with Houston, some of those um, some of those protected picks, maybe they aren't quite as valuable. But still, now, like especially those ones coming up, what is it? When's the first one? Is it next year, two thousand twenty-two? They have a swap to, uh, next year. Yeah, yeah, but and that's the one that's like the first and second best between their own pick, the Miami pick, and yeah. the Houston pick. That's the first God. one of those of like two. Anyways, all that to say, I, I think those are probably still pretty safe. It'd be pretty ridiculous if the if the Rockets bottomed out to a you know top four pick um, in any of those next two drafts. But you're right, Jacob. I think we're kind of getting into dangerous territory when it comes to some of those latter picks. I think the picks are going to be. Uh, I I feel great about these picks if Tillman remains at the helm, which he will. He's the owner. That's I feel. I just feel great. I, I feel great about those picks. <laughs> hey. I feel great just reading through uh, Rockets Twitter and the Rockets subreddit. Oh yeah, um, Red ninety four is having an absolute meltdown tonight. He is He's unhinged. He's come full circle. He, I yes. love it. He unhinged. Absolutely love it. It's incredible. Um, there was a comp I was going to make there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Count the votes. <laughs> it's uh, it is it is a mess in Houston. So. Real quick, I don't want to spend too long on this because this podcast ended up going to be like a five-hour-long podcast. As it should. Trades for <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Where the hell does he go? Silva, sure you he start. To, you got a good one to begin. Yeah, man. I'm sure – okay, so I'm sure Russell wants to go to the Clippers. I don't know how you make the money work there. I'm sure he wants to go to the Lakers or, or a, a high-profile team. 
But the issue is, in the article, it said Russ wants a role similar to the one he had in OKC. So where do you ship him to get him that role? A losing team? The Knicks. Ship his ass to the Knicks. <laughs> exactly. The for, Knicks might just be able to absorb him into cap space. Right. Especially if they strike it on Chris Paul. Or, as was reported, again, you have to take every report that doesn't come from a, a respected name uh, with a grain of salt during yeah. these times. But there are reports that uh, apparently the Knicks are – actually, I think this is Ian Begley who reported this, which I do trust. Um, I think Begley was the one who said that the Knicks are still a little hesitant to trade for Chris Paul because of the assets it would take to get them. Uh, in, in other words, they are very well aware of who um, Chris Paul's current GM is. <laughs> yeah, and so if they miss out make on him, no, go for make Russ. no mistake about it. If Russ is on the market and Chris is on the market, the offers will be better for Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. One of them is only on a two-year deal; the other's on a three-year deal. One of them can shoot the ball; one of them can't. Mm-hmm. One of them is the point guard um, who has routinely made everyone around him better and had a resurgence this last year. The other is one that looks like his athleticism is about to start tanking. Exactly. Uh, I, I I don't. I love Russ. The value Russ compared to Chris is just not there. Mm-hmm. It's Chris is so much more valuable at this point. Everyone wants Russ to have some sort of like Jason Kidd like transformation at this point in his career, but I just don't know if he has the uh, self awareness to to do that. Or even yeah, I think that's, that's a great that's point. That's a good point. Good point. I think that is a great I think point. he's going to want to go to either the Clippers or uh, the Lakers to go back home, finish his career there. Probably be okay with the Knicks just because. If, if he wants the same role he had in Oklahoma City, he can't go to the Lakers exactly. and play with LeBron James. Exactly. So uh, that's where I think, like, uh, Mr. Troy Weaver, his old friend, and uh, were they teammates at one point? I can't remember. I don't think so. Anyways, no. old friend um, over in Detroit could potentially trade for him, get off that Blake Griffin contract, send him back to Houston. God, what kind of Ooh, hell would that be for Russell Westbrook? That would be hell. Atlanta, I cannot imagine. Go play with his old friend, uh, Trey Young. Who we got to meet during his time in OKC. We have uh, oh the Washington Wizards get to play with Bradley Bill and ship off John Wall, who maybe never. How much defense play would be played in Atlanta with a backcourt of Russell Westbrook and Trey Young? And then None. here's my uh, here's my like I guess not my hot take my uh, wild card, San Antonio Spurs. That's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Can't, I can't mm-hmm. lie to you. I had a very vivid dream a week and a half ago that Russ got shipped to the Spurs. Oh, uh, oh prophetic. But he was also shipped with Harden and Jamal Murray in the dream, which that doesn't make any sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> Three-team trade. Melatonin um, does some wild shit. That's awesome. Russ for Paul George straight up. Who says no? Clippers. Clippers got Because it, no. the only I reason that Russ will go no. there is because him and PG are still close, and PG could talk Kawhi into it. Kawhi was like, and, and Balmer's bold enough and rich enough to do it. What if everyone in, in, in the Clippers just – is that pissed at PZ? They're like, fuck it. Get him out of here. I don't care. Anyone else. Anyone else. And then they re-signed Montrez Harrell. They re-signed Pat Bev. Like everyone who, who like, Russ and Pat said Bev on like... the same team? Beautiful. Oh, God. Beautiful. There will be blood. All right, guys. Let's move on and talk about the NBA draft, which is coming up in a week. Uh, before we do that, though, we want to take a quick moment and tell you about who's sponsoring this podcast. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, 
and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Those are all good things. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. That's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with that free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Football is back in full swing. And honestly, so is the NBA in a way. And you might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, before we jump into the draft candidates this week, the week before the draft, we are talking about our lottery trade-up candidates that we like. Maybe with a, a, a one pick number 10, possibly? Before we do that, though, guys, I want to take a quick minute and tell our listeners about our draft party. We are conducting a virtual draft party, and I think I speak for all of us. We are super stoked for this. Uh, Some quick information about it. We're going live at 5.40 p.m. on draft night, central time. You can find it on Twitter, on Facebook, on our YouTube channel. Anywhere you find The Uncontested, you will find the stream. Uh, you can get on and live watch from anywhere and interact in the chat. We'll be uh, interacting with people all night long. And we're going to do some giveaways. Uh, the first one is right at about the start of the draft, we are going to drop a Thunder Draft trivia question. Whoever gets that question right in the chat first, we're going to get your info. We're going to call you in pizza and wings for draft night. So free pizza and wings. Ooh. We also are doing a mock draft contest where if you guess the closest if you get the closest to the thunder pick like who they select what player we will buy you an OKC Thunder draft hat and then whoever does the best overall mock draft uh, it scores it at the end whoever gets the best score we will buy you a thunder jersey of the rookie that the thunder get on draft night so some awesome prizes in order to enter that mock draft contest, just go to at the underscore uncontested on Twitter. We have a tweet that has our big graphic for our virtual draft party. If you look at the thread on that tweet, you will find the link to the the app that has the mock draft on it. So make sure to go check that out. We are going to be pumping it up like crazy. Get all your friends, your family to jump in. It's a great chance for you to win a hat and 
a Thunder jersey. So it's going to be awesome. And then come hang out with us. We're going to have guests. Silva's going to join us for a while. We're going to have guests on all night who cover other teams talking about the draft. We're going to be live reacting to every pick as they come in. It's going to be a blast. So turn ESPN on your TV. Have Woj and Shams notifications on. And then tune in and watch the uncontested with our virtual draft party. It should be a blast. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Bring your own beer, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We're going to talk our trade-up candidates. uh, We put it at the 4 to 14 range. If the Thunder happen to trade up in the draft, who do we hope that they get? Um, Anybody want to fire us off? I'm pulling up ESPN. Dropped their newest mock draft today. I saw uh, that. Gavoni and um, had us with Jaden McDaniels again, which I yep. really like. But we already talked about him, I guess. What was it last week or the week before? Was it Nick and I, or was it all La- three of us? I can't remember. I can't one remember. Of one of them. Go, go back and listen. Yep, I will. I will tell you who they have four through fourteen, and these are kind of our candidates. It's not going to be Mello, uh, Wiseman, or Edwards. Those are out. Uh, but four through fourteen, we have the one. The only, Denny, the the goat, <laughs> Denny Avdia, uh, Obi Toppin, Isaac Coro, Patrick Williams, Tyrese Halliburton, Anyeka Okongwu, Devin Vassell, Aaron Naismith, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, and Kira Lewis Jr. That's a guy who's really skyrocketed up uh, ever since you know I started really following draft boards like the first ones were released back in March. Um, I had watched College of Basketball the previous season before it got shut down early. Um, but one of the names I was really kind of surprised to see skyrocket so much. We talked about Maxi last week. Um, him and, and Lewis Jr. both are two guards that really shot up quite a bit more than they were originally projected. And I found that name interesting. Uh, not that I'm saying that should be a necessarily a candidate maybe that OKC trades up for. I think there's like no link there. I'm not even sure how much I like him still, but you said that name, Jacob, and it made me think of that. Very good, Silva. Who do, who do you like in that range? As, as someone in for for OKC in that range, um, a few guys I'm looking at. I really I've I've liked Halliburton for a long time. Um, He's specific, fun. We, yeah, we've talked a lot on this podcast about pairing Shea with another yeah. combo guard. Yeah, I would love that. They're both like so versatile. Um, they play. They're similar as far as like build goes, and I just think OKC could do a lot defensively, like in the future with with a backcourt so like true. that. Um, uh, that would that would really help our switchability. Um, a guy like Patrick Williams is skyrocketing in, on mock drafts and stuff like that right now. Um, he'd be a nice wing for us to have for the future. Um, and then Okoro is another guy I've looked at uh, that I enjoy a lot. He's a classic like Thunder guy. Yeah, uh, so super long, can't shoot. Um, yeah, those are the guys I've been looking at. What do you guys think? I love Okoro. I I have this problem where I watch a Mike Schmitz film breakdown with a candidate, and I fall in love with that candidate because Mike Schmitz is just so damn good at his job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watched his I watched his one over Isaac Okoro the other day, and I was like, "Get him, get him! This is this is the second coming of Kawhi Leonard. Go get him!" Yeah, they, I'm really they high. On, I'm really high on Okoro. Kind of. it's, it's yeah, I'm really high on Okoro. I like him a lot. Uh, Patrick Williams is fascinating. He's very thundery. Uh, Silva, I compared Patrick Williams to the other day on, on a previous podcast to high IQ Serge Ibaka. Yeah, yeah. that's a good comparison. He's high a, IQ yeah. Serge Ibaka. I, I think that one would be fun. He's 6'8", mm-hmm. 6'11", wingspan, 225 pounds. Um, just shows so much potential. It's wild to me that he was a six-man at Florida State. Uh, also one of the youngest players in the draft. And being able to come in and just really being able to mold him um, in the right organization 
just totally seems. I guess the Pistons are super high on him, which makes sense because you have yeah. uh, Weaver there uh, now as a GM, just apparently dead set on him. Um, San Antonio has also been linked to him, which also makes sense. Very similar. Again, a that organization that the Thunder have kind of tried to maybe in ways mirror themselves off of uh, Sam being a, a Spurs, I guess you could call it disciple. <laughs> and then um, I, so because of those reasons, I think I, I'd love Patrick Williams on OKC, just the ability to be able to grow with a new coach, be able to grow with young athletic players like Shea and Dort and Baisley. He fit in perfectly. Now you're not going to find your star maybe in this draft. But you don't have to, you know. Patrick Williams probably won't be that, but his ceiling's so high, and he already. I has think a you take high highest floor. ceiling, yeah. right? Yeah. I think you take yep. the guy with the most potential. In this draft. Um, we all know my love affinity for Denny. I don't think the Thunder are going to be able to get him, but God, I would love if they could get him. <laughs> um, the awesome. other one I really like here is Killian Hayes. I, that's the one mm-hmm. I have listed also. I just see Killian is so young. Um, I, I see shades of Manu in him. Uh, I think he could be really good. He he's a trade up candidate for me. Um, obviously, I, I I think I prefer my my preference probably in order is one Denny, two Okoro, um, maybe three Killian. Close four uh, Patrick Williams. God, that's that's hard because I like Tyrese Halliburton. I really Ooh. like Anyeka Kongwu. I really yeah, do. True. I think he's. I, I think Anyeka is that modern type of center you need in the league today. Switchy rim protection. Um, I think he can develop a shot. I really like him a lot. Let me tell you the guys I hate. I'm ready. If the Thunder draft Obi Toppin, I'm out. Oh, oh, me too. I'm out. Too old. Yeah, he's like he's he's almost as old as a freaking coach. Yeah, he's power forward. In, his, yeah. in my mind, I think of him as like the power forward version of Ennis Cantor. He's gonna produce like a <laughs> ton. Good, a ton. He's gonna yeah, produce awesome. a great comp. Dude, like, and he's small. Like he's six nine, but he's only like two fifteen. He's more the size of like, like a Chris Middleton. He's not gonna be able to play four five in the league. No. And that if he was two fifteen, two twenty at like nineteen years old, you would say, yeah, he's twenty three. Yeah. I don't want a twenty three year old. That's older than Shea. Yeah. Why yeah. would you draft him? Yeah. I'm out. Wouldn't make any sense. I'm out. I'm out too. Yeah. I'm I, with I, you. I am out. Can't Devin play Vassell. Obi. Can't play Obi. Yeah, Devin Vassell seems like a, a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. I'm out. Uh, Sadiq Bay, uh, I'm out. Again, he's older. Sadiq Bay fits perfectly on the Portland Trailblazers, just so everyone's aware. Honestly, I, I don't know if it, and this is a guy that we talked about on a previous week's podcast, actually last week, and I think Nick and I even talked about him two weeks ago. Um, RJ Hampton, if, Dude, if you trade so up high. to 10, I don't know if that's a bad pick. I really go, don't. Go I'd, get I'd RJ. I love RJ. I, I, yeah, I uh, I think that'd be a really good You want to talk about a Presti kind of guy. Toolsy, long, athletic, a little bit of skill, can make all the passes in the, that, that you want him to. Silva, we were just talking about pairing Shea with Tyrese Halliburton. Or yeah. He's kind of the same mold. He is. I For some reason, I thought he was shorter, but he's 6'5". Yeah, with like a 6'8", 6'9", wingspan. Crazy. Yeah. I'm really in on RJ Hampton as well. Um, if you landed a top three pick and you could either get Edwards, Ooh. Lamello, Ooh. or Wiseman, who are you taking? Oh. oh, I'm taking Edwards just because of the upside, but I just like cannot shake the Andrew Wiggins idea out of my head. Yeah, I can, uh, I'm not taking Lamello. I can't my I can't do that in good conscience. Um, I'd probably end up taking Edwards too. I thought about Wiseman. I thought yeah, about him, I know. but uh, Wiseman could be interesting. In the right situation, he'd be, he'd be really good. 
I feel like uh, Anthony Edwards might end up bullying uh, Baisley. I feel like uh, I feel like that would end up happening. <laughs> That's Ed- Edwards physically is a freak. His yes. leaping ability, man. <laughs> Obi Toppin is six nine, like two fifteen. Anthony Edwards is six four, two twenty five. Wow. He's six four with a six nine wingspan. That's crazy. I mean, he's the comp has been made of him on like the bigger, bulkier Victor Oladipo, and I see it. I really do. Yeah. I also see the Dion Waiters in him too. Though. I, yeah, I, I hope he has the work ethic. I hope he has the work ethic of Oladipo because if he does, great. But if yeah. I mean, hopefully he's not a Dion. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully he's not a fan of taking gummies on a plane, <laughs> which is a really bad sequel to Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, any other draft thoughts? It's coming up, oh. man. Um, I'm, I'm putting you both on the spot right now. Mm-hmm. Here it is. One point five. First round draft picks for the Thunder next Wednesday. You taking the over or the under? Oh, over. I'm going under. I'm disagreeing. So that I think uh, if they trade up, they're going to trade away that that pick they currently have. Uh, if they say put, they'll probably find a way like they did last year or like they have in the past. You know, Hamadou Diallo, second round pick. Um, mm-hmm. They got Dort uh, under restricted free agency after the draft was over. I can see them like doing some bargain shopping uh, down the second round, uh, maybe after the draft is over. But first round, you got them taking one. Yeah. And Silva, you have them taking two. I at do. Least two. Uh, mainly because I I wonder if they can get a late first from uh, out of Schroeder. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's that's my main. That's my main. Well, thing there. Zach Lowe had in his article the other day that Boston is looking for backup point guard help. Yep. And they would be interested. Could picks. you could you get four? Could you get pick fourteen for Schroeder? And then you trade up to number ten from Phoenix. You have ten and fourteen. That gets you. That'll get three. you up to five. Five, yeah, but four, five. That'll get you up to five and get you Isaac Okoro. Okay, so one of you said only one first round pick. The other said over one point five. Um, the Thunder's where where they're drafting in the first round. Um, pick twenty four point five. Over or under? Um, under. I think they 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 under. I think they trade up. Um, in some way, they they got they're going to trade up. I think in in a, in a draft that's I think Sam Presti likes drafts that are uh, a little bit slept on, like undervalued. Yeah. So I I point. think he's going to try. I think he's going to try and move up. I'm with Definitely. You. I think the idea in this draft is people are sleeping on it, so the value of a pick is lower than it would normally exactly. be, and he sees that as as buy time. And that's what we heard those Lamelo rumors. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Guys. So, so uh, Taylor, you taking twenty twenty four and a half as the draft positioning? You going over or under? I guess it'd be under saying they're going going to draft higher. Okay, <laughs> then now I'm gonna give you guys the range of like five picks. Tell me where you think they're drafting. One through five. Mm, yes or no? No, no, no. Six through ten. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like eleven uh, through fifteen. Yeah, that's probably where I'm gonna end up too. Okay, so you both take eleven through fifteen. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, we will find out. Doesn't feel like soon enough, but we will find out soon enough. Uh, week the from draft seven seven days from right now, we will be podcasting about who the Thunder have gotten the draft, who they've traded, et cetera, et cetera. Um, gentlemen, any thoughts before we get out of here? I'm just so happy the NBA is back in full swing. Rumors are going crazy. Uh, yeah, hopefully we get some some official news here within the next week. 
I'm going to keep enjoying the medium rare steak that is the Houston Rockets subreddit right now. I'm going to just keep <laughs> eating that up the rest of the night. Uh, I love it, it has been nine months since an NBA trade, guys. Whew. Too long. The, the drought is about to end. Hey, thank you so much for checking out The Uncontested. Thank you to Jacob Silva for coming on. Make sure you join the virtual draft party next Wednesday night. It goes live at 5.40 p.m. Central Time. We're going to do a little bit of build-up to the draft. We will stay with you through the entire first round. Pizza giveaway, Thunder draft hat giveaway, Thunder rookie jersey giveaway. Get in on all of that. Find all that information at the underscore uncontested on Twitter.com. Go drop a five-star rating if you haven't already because we would really, really appreciate it. Don't worry. We are on standby for emergency pods as soon as a trade goes through. Uh, as soon as the draft happens, anything of significance, we're coming your way. Basketball is back, and we are going to be here with you guys every step of the way. So make sure you subscribe to The Uncontested wherever you get your podcasts. Go follow Taylor on Twitter. He's at Taylor underscore P15. Silva, what you're at? It is at JD Silva underscore. Go follow Silva, JD Silva underscore. Follow The Uncontested at The underscore Uncontested. Myself, I'm at Jacob Niffin. And join us next week for our uh, draft party. It's going to be a blast. We will talk to you guys again Sunday night. Granted, nothing else massive happens. We will see you then. Have a great rest of your week. Please stay healthy. Stay safe. We will talk to you soon. Thunder up. Holy crap. Russell Westbrook trades to the Clippers. Shut up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.